definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning to you and yours. This is The End of the Bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. I, again, am not Choice Whitman. Is that me? That was not me. me. Ha-ha! It was not me this time. Uh, sitting alongside Jeff Haxton, who, that was him, and uh, Lucas White across the way, sliding slides, pushing buttons for us, as he always does on the program, getting into some heavy Texas Tech basketball conversations today. And when I say heavy, we'll be talking about it a lot. I don't know that we're going to be like doing any heavy lifting because, you know, I don't know that we know-know anything yet. We think we know. We got a good idea about some things. But uh, more information is yet to come as we get uh, transitioned from football into basketball season. Uh, Probably talk a little bit about the Eagles' loss last night, which uh, keeps the Cowboys tied atop the NFC East and a potential... A uh, two-seed in the playoffs, looking like the 49ers are going to walk away with that one. Uh, but first, how are you, Mr. Haxton? How are you doing today? You got some Good. chocolate chip cookies, and they were very tasty. Yeah, thanks to Bob, who brought in his uh, homemade chocolate chip cookies. He's been doing it for years and just brought us a 10 to enjoy around here. So that was a nice lift and uh, good things from him. And uh, another day closer to... Texas Tech and UTA, and that's kind of the finish line for me as far as getting to enjoy Christmas. Uh, as soon as that's over with, we'll load up and get on to Oklahoma and see my parents and my brother and his wife and his two kids and Logan and Hunter, and so looking forward to that. Excellent. Yeah. Now, we're going to be completely honest here. One of us is not feeling great today. And the person who's not feeling great is the guy over there and Lucas White. So, Lucas, say hi to everybody. Hello. See, he's not feeling good. That's the last time we're going to hear from Lucas. He's here. He is being a trooper and, and helping out his other co-workers by staying isolated and uh, doing the things he needs to do today to run the board so he can take tomorrow off and be heavily medicated and feel better. So, thoughts and prayers going out to Lucas today so that he feels better. Now, I just do need you to confirm, and you can do this with a high or a low, uh, that you are, in fact, not this sick because the Chargers fired their coach. So if, if you are There's sick... There's no escape. The only hope is the sweet relief of death. Uh, I, I thought of that about yesterday when I saw that news and went, I know someone who's going to be very happy that that happened. So I'm glad that you are at least having some positive thoughts there. Lucas, uh, as you try to get through what you have got. And yes, he does have some of the magic stuff above my desk. And like I tried to hand it to him. He's like, I'm already there. I was like, oh, good. I'm, I'm feeling better about what that is used for. Um, the McGuire remedy. It, it It's not just mine. Like, it's like a known thing. But it is that de- I'm definitely the, the drug dealer up here for that particular substance. Because I will drink three or four cups of it a year minimum when he came around the corner he had this look of face of on his face of dismay a little bit and i was like "Uh oh which bet did you lose last night <laughs> and then he spoke and i was like oh no it's not bet related it's losing your voice related which is not easy in this business so 
It's also amazing when you lose your voice, you can go to work. You just can't do anything up here. I mean, Lucas can produce, so that's gonna. And he's helping us out for the rest of the, uh, for today, not having to have somebody come in on a uh, short notice. But like, you can't do any voice work. You can't be on the air. You can't do anything on a music station. You just you can do paperwork. You can do computer work. Other places, you lose your voice, and they're like, "Oh, hey, Bob, how you doing?" And you're like, oh, okay, well, don't talk. We're fine. I need you to do this and this and this. And everybody moves on. But here it's like, you know, sick, sick day. Don't, don't, don't show up because we can't use you kind of thing. When was the last time you lost your voice? Knock on wood. <sighs> right now. It's gone. <laughs> you're up. <laughs> you're up. Um, I, I don't lose my voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of knocking. Um, but every fall, so late summer into fall, I have some mega allergies. So the first, it used to be the first high school football game I would call. By the end of that game, it would be almost gone. And that's what I could kind of mark my calendar by it. And it was extremely frustrating because you'd be rocking along. Hey, I feel fine. And then by the end, it was almost gone. So that's the thing I've had to deal with the most. My wife used to lose her voice all the time, completely gone. Just no vocal cords at all. So um, I met an interesting fellow last night. His son is actually going to come do a little uh, drive-through with us in uh, in uh, the Sam Houston State game. He's a okay. junior at Friendship. And he had all kinds of heart surgeries when he was a kid. And on one of those heart surgeries, and we're talking replacing aortic valves, we're talking serious stuff. The, the actual heart surgery surgery. Yeah, open you up, you know, and like cut it in down the middle and replace the aorta and all kinds of things. But um, it actually clipped one of his vocal cords. So one of his vocal cords works and the other one's just kind of there. It just doesn't have any activation to it but uh a kid by the name of Braden's going to come sit with us i'm looking forward to that because he wants to be a broadcaster he plays golf at friendship and um has been through a lot so we're gonna we're gonna treat him make sure up. you ask him if he's taking his vow of poverty <laughs> like that's the catch we do have a great job oh you're we so do, right but you have to take a vow of poverty and you also have to realize that half the people are going to hate you all the time, no matter what. You'd be the nicest guy in the world. You could give away billions of dollars that you don't have, and someone's still going to hate you because you didn't give it to them. That's funny. I'd never heard it phrased that way. But the vow of poverty? The, the reason I laugh so much is because of the truthfulness of it. I remember my first job out of... Uh, college the offer he called me up is at ktgr in missouri columbia missouri and he had worked on his boss to get a get me a decent what he thought was a decent wage and he's like hacks i i finally got it i got you eighteen thousand dollars a year you're gonna have to work every day of the week you're gonna be spending time in st louis and kansas city and covering the tigers and I've got to get out of here before they change their minds because that's so much money. I was like, oh, boy, here we are. 
Yeah. Well, and that was like last year. So uh, just so you know, like inflation hasn't hit that yet. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to get uh, what you need to know from the world of sports. Also, I've got five big questions for Jeff Haxon for the Texas Tech basketball team. If you haven't been paying attention to them because you've been in football mode, these five questions will get you set for the upcoming basketball season. It's the end of the bench. 100.7 the score, 107thescore.com. And the 100.7 the score mobile app. Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 the score. The ins and outs, the ups and downs, the what you need to know on 100.7 the score and the end of the bench. Lady Raider basketball in action tonight. Taking on Tulsa in Hawaii. Well, sink that in for a minute. Taking on Tulsa, which is that way. Yeah, that way. In Hawaii, which is way that way. But that's okay. The shocking thing about this game for me, Hacks, this is only the second time the Lady Raiders have played Tulsa. Yeah, that's wild. For as close proximity as they have been. Now, they've also been at different points, like in their up and down uh, ability, might be the way to put it. Um, but second time ever, first since 1980. There are people listening to this program right now who are younger than the last game played against Tulsa for the Lady Raider basketball team. Mind-blowing to me. 8.30 pregame, 9 o'clock tip-off over here on 100.7 The Score, also on 107.7 ESFL. I'll tell you what, they did it upright, though, because they've been out there for three or four nights already. Oh, sure. On the resort, on the ocean, and I've been watching Fink tweet like crazy about it, and it looks like he's having a blast, and uh, wish Chuck would have got to, to go with. He was supposed to, but then uh, family duties called for Chuck, and um, he's up in Kansas City, so uh, they did it right. They've had a lot of time to enjoy, I'm sure, and, and work and try to get better, and then now you're trying to stay undefeated tonight against the Golden Hurricane. Uh, you'll hear that game here again on 100.7, the score and over on 107.7 ESFM. Girls, boys, doubleheader, Cooper girls versus Lubbock High, followed by the boys at 6 and 7.30, respectively, Man, here. That's a lot over there, Jeff. You did a lot of writing. There is a lot of writing. It's a lot of, like, multiple games. Because mm -hmm. you've also got Liberty Girls and Roosevelt on 93.1 Texas FM, followed by the boys' game at 7.30. Friendship Boys playing Trinity. Now, this game is at LCU. Because uh, that's how many people are going to show up for this one. Uh, it should be a, a fun game. If I remember last year, it uh, came down to the wire, if I remember correctly. Uh, that game tips at 7. You'll hear it over on Double T, 97.3. Uh, last night, if you were not watching Monday Night Football because it involved the Dirty Eagles team, well, you missed a good one for us. Yeah, I watched a lot of this last night. Seahawks pick up a 20-17 to win over the Eagles, which keeps the Cowboys atop or at least tied atop the NFC East and a chance for a number two seed in the NFC going into the playoffs, but still got work to do with Miami on the schedule on Sunday at 2.30, pregame 3.30 kick over on Double T 97.3. The Seahawks hit a late, late touchdown pass, and it wasn't looking good for them. Uh, Locke is out there as the backup quarterback, and um, yeah, I just the Eagles are not playing good football right now. Um, 
and uh, the Seahawks aren't bad. They're they're five hundred now, seven and seven, and tough to win out there in Seattle. They strike that late touchdown, and good for them. You know, we we've seen quite a few games over the weekend, and one of the things that uh, is is kind of um, uh, the line that connects all of them is kicking field goals is not a bad thing. Nope. In the NFL. It, 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 also in the college game, I'm telling you, there's still room for punts and field goals. Nobody seems to think about that anymore because they want to play Madden football and where there's no consequences. And if it's fourth down and seven from your own 30 and you're going to go back there and go for it, punt the football Take the points. Don't chase points. You stay in games. This is exactly what happened with the Texans and the Titans. The Texans just didn't let the Titans run away. They stayed in it, made some field goals, won it at the end. Similar game last night with the Seahawks taking down the Eagles. Uh, in the association, not a good night if you are a fan of the Texas teams. Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Rockets 135-130. to Nuggets beat the Mavericks 130-104. to Spurs in action tonight. They tip off at 7 uh, in Milwaukee versus the Bucks. And uh, if you're a budding Stars fan like I am and trying to, to really jump in this year during the regular season, they pick up a 4-3 win over the Kraken, stay atop of the Central, in the Western Conference, uh, or I should say tied atop the Central in the Western Conference with the Rockies and one game up on the Winnipeg Jets. Taking your thoughts on the Yates. Miles Price going to Indiana. Jaron Bradley going to Boston College. Um, To me? Bye. Good well, luck. I mean, yeah, I, I don't have any kind of uh, angst towards those guys. But to me... For sure, both those are steps backward as far as the programs go. Texas Tech's got a better program than both those places, Indiana and Boston College. I think that's, you know, kind of telling of their ability, really. Um, Bradley's motor never ran like it needed to. He, He wouldn't go fight for footballs. He didn't have that edge. Maybe he'll get that at Boston College. Miles Price, we thought he was a stud. Just showed flashes of studness. Yeah, just kind of a a guy. So good luck to them and their now Big Ten and ACC futures. Uh, saw one other thing. Uh, yet another guy entered the portal. Linebacker, drawing blank on his name. Uh, Pierre. Uh, Josiah. Uh, Josiah Pierre entered the portal uh, after his season this past year. I think 60 tackles for the Red Raiders. When you look at that room, though, uh, of guys that are in front of him that are just absolutely studs at the linebacker position, I guess you kind of get why he's looking to venture off and find some more playing time. So uh, as much as it, it hurts, uh, go forth and good luck. Stay out of the Big 12. Anywhere else is out of the Big 12 and fine. Or Washington State. I don't want you going to Washington State either. I don't want to have to root against you. How about that? Nobody on our schedule next year. How about we make that a rule in college football? You can't transfer to somebody on your previous year's schedule. Um, Oklahoma State had a in-conference transfer. So Jaden Bray, who played for the Cowboys for three years, I believe, kind of underachieved and also was beat up, but a talented guy. He's going to play for West Virginia now. So 
he's going up to be a mountaineer. Hmm. So we keep track of all these moving pieces across the collegiate football landscape. It is harder to uh, keep track of than you want to think it is. Oh, it's very difficult. Because it changes second by second by second at times. Uh, Signing day tomorrow. Valdez did come back, by the way. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, I, so not everybody leaves that enters the portal. And you know what? I think it for him, I, if, I, if I put myself in his shoes, I think he's making the right decision. It's not just because I want him to remain a Red Raider and one of those you know, hashtag Red Raider for life type situations, which would be nice because we don't get a ton of it because of the fluidity and the turnover that you get in sports. But I just think he's in a really good position. Yeah, you're not the guy, but for him being the guy might be going to play for Midwestern State. Just saying. Sure. Might be going to play for Rice. Do you really want to go be the guy at Rice, or do you want to spell Taj Brooks? And, you know, again, the the thing about those two is I think they work well off each other. They have different styles, and that's what you want. You want to change a pace when you run out another guy while Brooks, you know, maybe getting retaped or something. He might mm-hmm. be tired. You're trying to – you want depth in that – running back room so you don't run Taj into the ground. Um, by the way, Taj finished, I think, fourth in the country in rushing yards. Um, so that's what's coming back there, which is, again, I think a cornerstone. What we need to do, too, is if you'd be okay with it, I heard um, Jamie and Choice doing, was it most important players? Top Mo- five returners for Top five year. returners, just ball straight, players. Straight, okay. straight returners. Guys on coming up on the team that are coming back next season that uh, you are thinking are the most important. Let's do that at 10. Okay, we can do that. You know why? Because I already did, and I've got them all written down already. Good. I, I was smart. I, I decided to keep the sheet of paper I wrote them on so that my answer Lucas might uh, email us his, and then we could read them for him. Sure. Or, you know, Texas, because, you know, he's got our numbers. Either way. um, we got the calendar coming up. Coming up at 945, I've got five questions for Mr. Jeff Haxton to answer about this Red Raider basketball team. If you are just getting into basketball season mode, now that football season is over, these five questions will help you out. We'll get those coming up on the way. Plus, you can get yours in on the Ace Flooring Center chat line at 107thescore.com. I also recommend not playing Uno with Bullfighter this weekend. Just going to leave that there. If you're on the chat line, you'll see why. It's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Keeping you entertained while you're stuck at work or, you know, Christmas shopping, as the case may be here on the End of the Bench, on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, on the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff in for choice, sitting alongside Jeff Haxton and a losing his voice, Lucas White, across the way, slide and slides, pushing buttons for us. Doing what he can and taking care of us how he does on 100.7 The Score. All right, Hacks. You... We'll get into those here in just a little bit. I want to pat it with this. The results from the weekend pick them. Choice went 8-2. and two. Congratulations, Woodman. That's about the best he's done all year. Lucas right behind him on his heels at 7-3. and three. Lucas had a great weekend. He got the Bills, Ohio. Um... Jacksonville State, App State, UCLA, 
Western Kentucky and Texas Tech. Uh, uh, caller, uh, five and five. Was that Michael? Okay. Michael beats me barely with a five and five record. And I stunk it up four and six. The only ones I got were the Bills, App State, Western Kentucky, and Texas Tech. So eventually I'll be spinning the wheel. Um, probably not this week. I bet it's next week because Woodman and I still, we can do it together next week because you and I are rolling again tomorrow morning. No, I think it's you and Josh tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, because I I only know that because I've got something I've got to do tomorrow morning. Okay, and you're I right. I would have said I can't do that tomorrow morning. All right. Well, I'm not gonna. I don't have the little wheels, so we'll, okay. we'll do it on Wednesday. Uh, well, you can also have uh, Mr. Woodman pop in for a segment and spin the wheel with you tomorrow, yeah, so we'll, you know what your punishment is and get it out of the way. We'll do it post Christmas. <laughs> Delay the uh, inevitable, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. All right, Haxton, you are our basketball savant. When it mm. comes to this Red Raider basketball team, you have seen every game. You have seen practices. You have seen coaching. You know what we need to know Okay. to steal a line from earlier. These are the five questions that Texas Tech football fans will have for you if they are just now transitioning into the round ball indoors for the season. Number five, who's the most talented player on this team mm. and why? Let me think. Most talented player and why? Um, well, I think he is on crutches. Um, that'd be Devin Cambridge. Uh, as far as raw talent, size, ability, explosiveness. Um, the great thing about Devin is he's still uh, a big ray of sunshine. Like, even in, in terrible circumstances where he's got to get around on crutches, you know, energy giver, smile on his face, still doing those things. So I'm very happy for him. Um, I want I want to say it's with pure basketball ability and I think still uh, an undiscovered new gear. That it's Pop Isaacs, but Pop has to participate on the defensive end. Um, if you're asking me who I want the ball in their hands, did you hang him over there? Look ahead of me. I'll wait. Um, That's coming. But I, I would say just overall basketball ability, Pop Isaacs is your most talented player. This is a two-part question. Down by two to Texas on their floor. You have the ball five seconds left. Who gets it? Same question, down by two. So you need a three to win or a two to win. Who are the two guys? Could be the same guy. Takes that shot. Okay, so I this is the way that I would devise it, and I think it would be a pretty easy answer. Uh, I want Joe Toussaint on the dribble at the top of the key. I want... Defenders collapsing on Joe for a pitch in the corner to Kerwin Walton to take the three to win. Kerwin is 13 of his last 17, I believe, from three-point range. Gaudy number. Um, This has happened over the last three games where he's turned into an absolute sniper. And when I look at his shot and his release, it's the purest on the team. It's got the best chance of going in. 
And so I want the dribble drive pitch to him in the corner, and he can even do his little up fake and step left and drain the three. That's his favorite move. Let the let the defender fly by, step left, and hit it. Um, if you want to go tie it, I'm taking Joe right to the rack. Uh, one of the reasons I'm doing that is it's really hard to take the ball from him. Okay, He's low to the ground. He's very strong with his hands. And if he gets fouled, he's shooting 92% from three uh, from the free throw line. That's a good percentage. Yeah. That's exciting because there are going to be games where you can put it in his hands and they're going to have to foul. And then Joe so far, I think, is – I haven't done the writing for the upcoming game, but I think he's 35 of 39, 35 of 38 from the free throw line. So give me Joe to the rack and then give me Joe to the rack with a pitch for a three. Okay, so we're reversing this question now. Up by one, 10 seconds to go. They're, who are you putting on their best shooter to make sure they get a stop? So much of this is switched now. Um, you switch on almost all screens now. So, like, you could put your what you think is your best defender, which probably if it's best defender on the perimeter, it's Kerwin. But here's the problem. There's a big coming to screen, then we're going to have to switch. Um, McMillan, I think, has the length and the and the quickness to stay in front of those guys. And, of course, you want Warren Washington defending the basket. But my choice right now would be to put Kerwin on that guy. If, like, Buddy Heald is back in the in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And, Let's not deal with that. And, and <laughs> we got we to stop Buddy. <laughs> Then I think I'm going to grab Kerwin and see what he can do. This one might be a little hard to answer because of how much of a presence that this guy was. Who's the Norris Odiase of this team? No one. No one? No, no one. Um, that is missed. I think the guy that would be closest to it, that we're seeing stack rebounds in a heavy way, is Darian Williams. But you got to remember Darian's still a young guy. He only had one year at Nevada. Mm-hmm. Didn't sit, didn't redshirt. So, you know, he's around 40 Division One games. So he's not like these he's not like these um grad transfers that have already played four years, maybe five years, that are now stacking a COVID year to come in, in there and they're men, grown men, uh, you know, in their mid-20s. Right. This is still a young he, guy. He's still doing what he's supposed to be doing at the age he's doing it at. Yes. But you look at him with his build. He's strong as an ox. Very um, unselfish, talented. Uh, but as far as that guy, I always used to just love rolling with Norris because he would strike fear into the opponent in the layup lines. You know, I remember talking to Scott Sutton, who's a good friend of mine, assistant for Oklahoma State, and he hadn't laid eyes in person on Norrance. And he looked over there and goes, oh, man, we got to go against that guy today? And that was just in the layup lines. Yeah. You want somebody formidable, formidable like that, and you don't have that. I, I also kind of think of the other aspect that Norrance really brought to the court when he wasn't even on it is that leadership role where – and, and that's kind of where the hardest thing to fill in for is because these guys are all first, well, not all first year, but it's you got a lot of young guys and a lot of new guys. You know, a lot of old guys that have been around the program for a while that know the ins and outs, that know what Texas Tech basketball is all about every single day and live it and breathe it. And, you know, the 
not just turn the table over for the buffet line, but turn the locker room over because when they speak, God listens type attitude. And Norris didn't have that when he got here as a freshman. No. And nobody does when they're a freshman. But he grew into that role, and it was such a key role for this team that when it's not there, you notice it. And when it's there, everyone immediately recognizes it. And you just kind of sit back and go, that's the guy you don't make mad. He might be the nicest guy in the world, give you the shirt off of his back. But when he speaks, you do. You don't argue because he's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they get one of those guys for this roster as it continues to roll through this year. And I think it can develop in a year who that guy is. Biggest concern that doesn't involve Big 12 play for this Red Raider basketball team? Uh, it is. They've proven that they, you know, rebounding is all number one, heart, and number two, technique. And I think they've got both of those to where they can rebound with teams. Currently, it's sitting at about plus seven when it comes to rebounds per game. Um, but running teams off the three-point line, doesn't matter who it is. I mean, we saw ORU light you up for 16 threes. That's going to be an issue, is losing that length with Cambridge where he can kind of guard everybody, you got to run them off the three-point line, and I, that's going to be a problem. So there's your five answers from Jeff Haxton about the Red Raider basketball team getting ready on the end of the bench. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Stop! Stop! Kill the music! Kill it! Kill it, kill it, kill it! We have breaking news. No breaking news, Sander? We don't have breaking news? We don't have a breaking news, Sander? Of all the times we need a breaking news, Sander, this is breaking news that we need. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Texas... Literally hot off the internet. Texas Tech and Texas A&M basketball programs have announced a home and home series to play each other the next two seasons with the first matchup next year in the LBK and again in 2025 in College Station. Two programs have competed against each other 125 times in the series history, but will be renewing a rivalry that has been stuck on pause since 2012 when the Aggies departed the Big 12 for the SEC. How about that, Mr. Hatchley? It's exciting. I thought rivalries were going away in college college athletics. Mm-hmm. This one's coming back. See? Oh, you schedule them. It's allowed. Texas Tech owns a 64-61 and 61 all-time advantage in the series that dates back to the very first game, December 17, 1941. Red, Red, Red Raiders and Aggies were Southwest Conference rivals from 57 to 96, and Big 12 rivals from 96 to 2012. So how about that? Getting back to Aggie hatred where it belongs. At the USA. Did you see an email or something? Yes. Literally came in at 10 o'clock. All right. So, uh, good deal to root against the Aggies. Coming soon to United Supermarkets Arena near you. Yes, indeed. Is that the email that just came <laughs> in for you? <laughs> yep, there it is. Um, Dad, I'm going to turn you down. 
Okay. Maybe it just really wants to date. Sorry. It just really wants to date you. you have you told it you're married? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we did a little uh, experiment, not experiment, a little exercise today on the morning drive over on Double T 97.3 with Choice Woodman and Jamie Lint since uh, the one and only Chuck Hines is off doing uh, Hines duties. And we asked the five most important most excited about players returning for next season. And we limited this to returners, not incoming new guys or freshmen. Uh, Lucas, did you send one of us a list? Okay. Um, you were intrigued by this thought. Uh, I was, yeah. I will, So, so give, you, give me the definition one more time. Returners. They are on the roster this year. They are coming back next year. This is not a someone who's coming in as a transfer. This is not someone who's coming in as a freshman. This is the top five returners for next season. I will give you mine while you are efforting your top five or maybe polishing it as the case may be. Uh, this is a little bit of prisoner of the moment. I will acknowledge that, but I liked what I saw and I want to see more of it. Amir Washington from the bowl game. If he can continue doing half of that on a week in and week out basis, sign me up. I will take it, especially at, the, at that position where you're losing so yeah, he much. He should absolutely be considered on this list. Yeah. Number four, and this is because I've seen what happens around here when you don't have one. Give me Gino Garcia as a kicker that you can trust to go out there and kick a 45 yard field goal day in, day out, wind in, wind out, with wind left, wind right, doesn't matter. He's going to put it through the uprights. Yeah, and inevitably you will look across college football and guys that have scored the most points are guys that have kicked for four and five years at the same institution, and they could be uh, – there's one of them right now that took the lead this year. I can't remember who it was. For overall points scored in college football, it's a kicker. So when you think about all the points that they total up, absolutely, they're they're massive. And we had the year where they couldn't kick a field goal and missed a bowl because of it. And yeah, the, I think that was the a Shimanek, Shimanek year. That that whole season was just a disaster because of your kicking. Uh, number three for me, Ben Roberts. Um, what he can do with that linebacking group, it it should be no surprise that he's on any everybody's list. If he, I'm assuming he's on yours. Um, that he is. That's going to be absolutely a beast in the middle of that defense, and I am here for it. Number two is going to surprise some people who have uh, commented on what I have said on Twitter. Both are true. I need Baron Morton to be on this list because I need him to be the guy going forward. I need him to, I don't want to say wake up, but I need him to take charge of the offense and be the guy. And uh, I don't want the job just handed to him. And, and that's kind of the point that didn't get I didn't get across very well in my Twitter post. He needs to not just get the job, but demand the job with what he does in the offseason, getting ready for next year. Knows in the playbook, getting with these guys in the offseason, all of those things. And that's why he's one of the most important returners. Because if he doesn't do that in the offseason, your offense could be in big trouble. Except for my number one returner, and he's number one by, like, head, shoulders, 
knees and toes and feet and, you know, giraffe necks, Taj Brooks okay. is number one. And I don't think I need to describe why Taj Brooks is one of your most important returner for next season. Uh-oh. Ready? Is it the same list? No. Okay. No, I do you, go. You had that look. Like, no. it was the same list. <laughs> I'll go Geno 5 for the reasons that we talked about. Jacob Rodriguez, four. Ben Roberts, three. Taj Brooks, two. Baron Morton, one. Got to have a quarterback. Well, you got to have a quarterback stay healthy. You have to have consistency at that position. It's the most important position. It, it, you know, unless you start going wildcat with Taj Brooks, somebody's got to get him the ball, and that would be Baron Morton. So, Again, we're leaving the ghost curse behind by moving out of the building and into a and new building. It. Yeah, going back to the fa- before foundation. The ghost is hopefully under the rubble of uh, quarterback health past. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, "Hey, you want to you want to get a season derailed? Have what's happened to Texas Tech over all of these years happen repeatedly over and over again." To where you're down to your not only your not only through your second quarterback but your third quarterback, which happened again this year. So I am putting a lot on Mr. Morton's shoulders and putting him at number one because of again it's the most important uh, position in the game of football, and he has to be the man. If you've got five and want to pass them on, or if there's somebody that we blatantly missed, let us know. Coming up here on the Yates Learning Center chat line at 107thescore.com or the 100.7 The Score mobile app. On the way next, it's Haxton's highs and Haxton's lows. There is no middle ground. You're either a high or you are a low. I think Haxton's a high today. Feels like he's having a high day. What that means is I don't know because Rob Irving's not here. It's the end of that. It's 100.7 The Score. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Get those questions in now on 107thescore.com or the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Bench warmers, I need a Christmas gift idea for a sports fan. Help. My generic answer to this, and this is kind of my rule of thumb when it comes to uh, sports gifts. If it's something that I think is cool for my team, I get it for them for theirs. Now, the caveat is that sometimes I have to tell them, don't get me this, because my version of this sucks. Uh, a couple years ago, I got Jamie and Chuck those uh, above you, uh, like pic- like 3D pictures of the, the stadiums. Mm-hmm. Arrowhead looked awesome. Yankee Stadium looked awesome. Like when you look at it from above and it's got those like that 3D look to it. So it really kind of stands out. The White Sox Stadium is garbage. Like it looks just like a box. And you're like, this doesn't look cool compared to the others. So I don't want this for me. I would love to want this for me, but mine looks like garbage. These are cool. Enjoy. Um, Same kind of concept for like those. Uh, and Jamie actually got me one of these. But, like, where it's your team logo and all their sayings and or, you know, history of it that's got, like, a little nice little frame thing that 
is unique for each individual team. I already have one for the White Sox, so I don't need somebody to get me for that. But it, if I saw one of those for a huge Rangers fan, they would really appreciate that because, hey, it's like all of my things. The the full panoramic picture of a stadium also goes on this list of whatever stadium is, is cool. Something they can hang up and be like, yeah. Every time they look at it, think of you. There's on Facebook, I believe, there's um, these prints that have the uh, the road structure of your college hometown. Ooh. So you have, you can like do a, a black background with the red streets, or you could do red streets with the black uh, background. You can mm-hmm. do... You can play around with it. Play around with it, yeah, a little bit. And then, um, you know, throw that in a frame, and it says Lubbock on it. It's it's really unique. And, you know, if you went to school there, you know all those roads. You spend a lot of time on them. And I've gotten that gift for a couple of people over the years, and it's always been a nice hit. Hey, hey grab some tickets to an upcoming game. Well, if they're a true fan, they've got season tickets. No, no, maybe, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Take kidding. somebody that uh, <laughs> maybe you normally don't take. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, anything for a Rangers fan that says World Championships on it right now? Because those are special. Any Rangers, anything that a keychain, a Christmas uh, ornament, and anything. Magnet for your fridge. Yeah, any of those. Anything that's got championship on it with the Rangers logo, Rangers fan will enjoy it right now and enjoy it for a lifetime. You could be like Bullfighter and just get a sleeve tattoo of the moment. I don't like needles. That's my biggest problem. I don't like needles. At all. And it's not even close. Uh, Benchwarmers, what is your go-to board game, card game, or video game that you completely own your family at during the holidays? Oh, man, there's so much. Um, Uno is a go-to, and I don't own anybody in it. It's kind of uh, it's the, the wealth is spread on Uno. Um, we always talk about the little marble game where you go around and you can knock the marble off and send it back, and you got to get four, four marbles home. No, it's around a track. It's got a name that I never can remember, and three times a year somebody gets it on the chat line and they tell me what it's called. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's a homemade game. It, the, oh, okay. The, the My grandfather-in-law built this thing with the tracks, with the marbles, and you try to get around the track. Wahoo? The wahoo. They, <laughs> they, do, it, they do it every time. Chatline doesn't disappoint. Well done. I never remember it. And they always it? do. Well, there you go. Um, That's a go-to for sure, wahoo. Big card players. In the McGuire slash Spivey households as the, the years have gone by. And uh, I have an uncle that he and I are not allowed to be spades partners. I love that. We can play spades with anybody else. We can play spades all day long. He and I are not allowed to be spades partners. That's that's so true. When you've spent that amount of time and can look at your partner's eyes and know what exactly what they have. And they're doing the same thing to you. It's it's not fair. And we fell into it. Like, it was our play styles matched up so well that it was, okay, whatever I'm thinking is exactly what he's thinking at this point. Mm-hmm. So we're good. And 
we were good enough to even when the, the other person went something that we weren't thinking could be like, oh, okay, well, let me flip this gear over. And now we're just playing the other direction as we were going to go. I had 11 years a spade partner and Ryan Neal and I uh, absolutely waxed everyone on those 13 hour bus rides up and down the highways in Central America. Oh, wow. That's the way to do it. Uh, my family, my, my, the, my dad and my sister, the, you know, the, the nucleus, uh, gin players, whether it be rummy, uh, knock or gin, whatever version of it, all three of us have our own specialty. So we win that one and it would be, if we were playing knock, I would win by going with gin, by having all 10 cards out at the same time. If we played rummy, my sister won, and if we played gin, my dad won. Like it was just the way that always worked out. Don't forget hearts. We're not. It, my sister's got a theory, and I don't know that it's wrong. You can either be a good hearts player or a good spades player. You can't be both. I'm not any good at hearts, but I'm really good at spades. So you fall into that category. Yep. Um, because it's two different mindsets. It's hard to change. And that gear, sh like, I can play both. I know I'm really good at one and not as good at the other. And can recognize when someone's really good at hearts and they start playing spades that they're not any good at it. Uh, there's another, I actually taught new members of the, it was the my stepmother's kids that we taught how to play euchre. Which is kind of like spades, except Trump rotates and you don't use the full deck. So that was fun teaching them. And, and now it's a, hey, when are you coming back down so we can play Euchre again? Even though they could play. They just enjoyed playing it with us and going through all of it and enjoying that kind of thing. Uh, go to Christmas treat. Bench warmers. I can steer pecan pie right back in there, man. <laughs> Don't test me. I'm not going to test you. Uh, my mom makes an amazing uh, cinnamon bread, sugar bread. Yeah, toast. Oh, cinnamon toast. I haven't thought of oh, cinnamon man. toast. Butter, cinnamon, no, I want some. sugar. And um, it's just oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's the best way to start a day. Oh, man. That, that's up there with coffee cake. If you ever read that uh, in the morning, that's solid. That's I just uh, scrolled past some monkey bread. See, it's just time to just gorge. That's what it is. <laughs> it's also lunchtime, so that doesn't help. Um, I'll also say the the one thing that jumps out, and it's there. It's all over the place, and every office has like two of them right now. Those three flavored popcorn containers that are everywhere. You know, the tin can or the bags or whatever they are. I am a popcorn fiend, and this time of year just makes it convenient because it's everywhere. And the, everybody's always trying to get rid of it. And I'm like, well, I'll take it all. Like right now. You don't need to say have any of this here anymore. I just leave it here so I don't feel bad and take the whole thing from you. All of those are fantastic. Uh, this off the It's Morning Center chat lane. Lucky you guys aren't Domino's players. I would send you home crying to your mommies. I've enjoyed Domino's every time I've played, but it was never anything we played a lot of. I don't have much experience there. I'd get, I would get sent home crying to mom. No doubt. Well, we're done answering questions. No more questions from you. We've answered them all. 
Actually, we probably have. We probably missed something really important that you guys will have to get to tomorrow, Hacks, because that okay. does it for us. For Lucas, our silent partner today. For Jeff Haxon, I'm Jeff McGuire filling in for Choice Woodman. This has been the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Stay tuned for the bottom line next. This has been the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 107thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.